Well, in the words of the great Roy Kent, for all our Ted Lasso fans, tonight's game's got me saying fun, right? Fun. Uh, it was uh, an eventful night for DC United. We were feeling good midweek, third place, acting like we won a cup or something, and, and then we come out against Orlando tonight. Uh, a great goal that we're going to break down, and we thought we were on top of the world. Uh, turns out we were not, but we're still here. It's me and Sam tonight on Trying True, the DC United post-game podcast presented by Heineken. Thanks for joining us tonight, or later if you're listening to the podcast. Sam, how are we feeling? Oh my gosh, amazing after that introduction. Um, I... Before the show, I was like, am I doing the introduction? Am I hosting or are you? Because mine might be a little bit bleak. And Joshua said, don't worry, I got it if that's the case. And what a role reversal because I don't even remember the game after that amazing introduction. So go off, Joshua. I'm just trying to come out the gates like DC United tonight. Uh, Getting to the game, DC United did come out and they they looked... like they normally do, it looked like a pretty pretty decent lineup, right? Uh, a couple changes, Paredes uh, nowhere to be found uh, in the line in the eighteen. Um, Clear, yeah. But more, more, I believe steps in. No, no, uh, I'm wrong there. Sam, you have left the show. I have. I'm I'm still chatting. Something <laughs> happened. My phone hit the computer. Listen, I was so shocked by your intro. Oh yeah. Well, you know, more parallels to the game here. We had some <laughs> some, early, some early some <laughs> early. Uh, exits for, for some of the teams but but a, a decent lineup uh reyna paul kamara i i thought we were poised to come out and, and really take this one sam i'm not going to ask you to be the talking head in the background so i'll carry us while, while you're going I can, through i can answer questions <laughs> yeah. just can't see my lovely face uh but but one of the surprises of the lineup was that alfaro uh and made the start and we hadn't really seen that since the injuries uh, and, and it kind of comes back to bite us, but but a strong lineup, and, and they start the game strong. Julian Gressel, uh, and that whole buildup was fantastic, uh, passing through the midfield, uh, some some beautiful stuff, and, and then the the shot was just audacious. It um, was, yeah. I was, I mean, I needed to see the replay, and then I needed to see it again, and then I needed to see it again. Like, how do you take a shot from that angle and? You beat the keeper far post like that. It was near post, near near post. post. You're right. I'm sorry. Near post. My mistake. Absolutely near post. It was a rocket. I was shocked. Yeah. uh, Galise is is no scrub either. He's a very competent goalkeeper in this league and in CONCACAF. uh, And Julian just caught him out. Uh, I I don't know if it was some knuckling going on there or or, or just the, the, like I said, the audacity of where he took that shot and how hard he hit it. Uh, they weren't playing around, uh, and it hit, it thudded the back of the neck. He almost tore it off. I, I was very hype, and yeah, as I mentioned before, after this whole weekend of, or this whole midweek of feeling on top of the world, six points uh, from two games already in the week, we thought we were going to grab three there. Uh, didn't, didn't work out that way. I think 17th minute or so, uh, sorry, yeah, 17th minute, uh, Robin Jensen after a set piece, and, and that's really all that Orlando was doing in, in the first few minutes, the first few, like basically the whole first half is, is they were playing ugly soccer set pieces. It, it reminded me of DC United of old, and it looks like I have gone now. Uh, it's just some talking heads to you. <laughs> Sam has just hijacked our, our Zoom, I think. I'm sorry. Technical difficulties. We're going to keep chatting, though, because at the very least, we're releasing it as a pod, right? 
Um, yeah, at that point we were feeling good. And I feel like if you had said to me at the beginning of the seat or at the beginning of the week, even like six points out of three games in this very heavy week, right before an international break, I would have been thrilled. I would have said, yes, absolutely. Um, and I know we'll move through the game, but towards the end of it, I mean, you saw the subs we were making and, um, I mean, you could see that we were just rooting for a point at that point. And I was literally tweeting, I wish we wouldn't go for a point right now. I don't understand those subs because our best offense or our best defense is our good offense. And that's when we got scored on, which was super unfortunate. And I'm not super sure what to make of that. I'm not sure what to make of our Zoom. If you're watching live, I apologize. No idea what's going on here. I, I'm in and out, but hopefully you can still hear us. Uh, yeah, Sam, you, you kind of jumped ahead, but but yeah, the, there was some some defensive stuff and some weird stuff going on. Alfaro gets a, a red or a yellow card in the 20th minute, and besides that, he looked completely out of place. Uh, Ernan pulls him off in the first half, the 41st or so. Uh, he clearly was not comfortable out there. Uh, and I don't know if I've ever seen or not do that. I, I know Sam is a big Leeds fan uh, and all that comes with that. And Bielsa is famous for a lot of things. He pulls you when you're done. Mostly yeah. mostly being crazy is, is what he's famous for. Uh, but yeah, he, he's Loco. ruthless yeah. <laughs> about pulling players off when they're not performing well. And uh, apparently... Ernan saw kind of what we were seeing, at least, and, and yanked him. So, yeah, I think, I mean, I think most famously at Leeds, he pulled Calvin at one point at like the 30th minute. Calvin right? Phillips Calvin is an English midfielder yes, for um, people that aren't nerds like Sam. Not nerds, right? Like, you, I mean, he's a pretty prominent player <laughs> now, but two years ago, I mean, he was pulled in the 30th minute and he even acknowledged after that game, like, I wasn't doing it. And um, that kind of taught me, like, that I needed to just pick it up and figure it out listen I'm working on the zoom Josh I'm really trying um so I I think that's if listen I I every week I say I'm not going to bring up leads on this podcast and I mean you did it for me this time so I'm not going to be mad about it but um five minutes before half I think is still a little bit surprising to me to pull someone like I think he was not playing well tonight, but there was nothing about his performance that said to me he was going to ship a goal in the next five minutes. And that also, like, used a window, right? Like, that you have to be strategic about those things right now. Um, so I, I just think it was interesting. And, um, you know, we talk a lot about um, the post-game press conference. We love that we um, get to bring that to you all. We'll add that um, as a podcast at the end of um, our conversation tonight. Um, but we did listen into it tonight, and no one really asked him about that first half sub, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, we, we're working on a more permanent setup. Us running back and not carrying it live <laughs> is kind of frustrating because we, I, I feel like that is something that needs to be answered or at least addressed. Like, hey, what's what's the deal with – was it that bad? Because it does end up biting DC United because Yuri Reyna hurts himself. It looked like he pulled his hamstring on a weird shot uh, a couple minutes later. And, and DC and I kind of just have to ride it out until the half so they aren't stuck with only one substitution window left. And they they wait. Jordi, it's kind of like a lame duck out there. He's literally hopping around. Uh, and they and they make it to half so that they can get a free substitution on, on Jordi. Uh, kind of transitioning to the second half, Flores comes out. And, and oh gosh, guys, every time I, I see Flores on the field, I'm like, this is the time. 
let's do it like it's now or never guy and every time it's never and <laughs> it looks like sam is now joining back into the I'm show great it. to have you Thanks, everyone. uh joining in <laughs> actually video because i know how to work a zoom I'm After. proud of you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if anything, in the past few years, you should have should have been able to learn this skill. But thank you to everyone live and even listening back on a podcast. We appreciate y'all oh, hanging yeah. with us. Yeah, but but Edison comes in at half uh, and doesn't isn't that spark and nothing really happens. Nigel Roberta comes on in the 62nd minute. Well, pause before we we jump into the second half. Um, I want to bring up something that um, Angus Long said, which you actually said in the moment too. Um, Angus just said, I'd say it was more on not going down to 10 before half, Alfaro being on an early yellow, which you also said live during yeah. while watching the game. So do you want to ch- chat about that for just a moment? Yeah, no, it's, it's a smart uh, 20th minute yellow card is not great for anyone on the field. A forward could maybe get with it, get away with it. Maybe a goalkeeper if they're, they're very safe, but for a center back, especially especially a guy who you know is not one of your stronger center backs that that's not a good look that's you know that the other team's going to try to try stronger center back no i said not one oh, of our okay, stronger okay. center backs Sorry, uh especially a guy that's not one of our stronger center backs you, you know the other team's going to target him uh and, and try to get him to force him to either foul or or, or let you go by and, and maybe that's what you know uh, Lasada saw and and made the change do you have anything else for the first half? Any comments on that? I, I think it makes sense. And like I, like I said, Bielsa is of that mind, and I know you agree with everything that man thinks. He's God, yes. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, who am I to question? Um, the methods and the madness, but... You're a podcaster. That's a that's a literally. I think <laughs> the it's the job here is to be sitting to do, yeah. I, I I will question Lasada down, down the break, because I, as I mentioned in, in the second half, if we can go there, uh, the 46 minute, uh, if, if you're done with the first half, I mean, yeah, no, I just, I just to, to recap on that. And, um, thanks Angus for your comment. I yeah. Think thanks for hanging us, especially with the zoom stuff. <laughs> um, yes. Um, what was he playing on the left? Regardless, I think that you can kind of get a message out to him five minutes left that says like, Hey, calm down. Or like, that's maybe when you kind of rely on Steven, your captain, you know, you can maybe motion to him and because he's playing right next to him say like, Hey, calm down. Because as you said, it, it does bite us later on not having that window, um, which is, you know, a little bit different. And everyone's kind of adjusting to this crazy soccer world where we have like five subs and three windows and, and figuring that out. But um, I don't know, maybe if, if we did get the point or if we had ended up with the win or something like that, we'd be questioning it a little less. Um, it's definitely not the thing I'm questioning most about this game, um, but it, it was something that stood out to me. Um, and I was surprised that no one had questioned Lasada about it. Yeah, I, I think we were all caught up in, in the events of the second half. It's, it was a kind of stark from what we were used to earlier in this week. Jordi pulls up his hamstring, as I mentioned. Paul goes down in the 62nd. Roberta comes on for him. And, and if you look at what what we had to do from there... It's pretty bleak. A lot of people will jump on Lasada for this for 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 what happened after that, which was a lot of bunkering, a lot of going for the tie. Even even Burbaum in his post game mentioned that the team realized that they probably weren't getting a win out of this one, um, which is heartbreaking to hear. But like, uh, who is coming on after this? Uh, you know, there was not too many other attacking options. Floor, uh, we brought a DP off the bench, and yeah. that's about it. We don't have defensive options though and I'd love to get into this with you right now because we, we talked about it a little bit on the way home 
um, from watching the game, but I really think our best defense is our offense. Like we, yes, used to have the best defense in the league, but right now it feels like we're just shipping goals. Like we don't have that bunker mentality anymore. And I don't think it's fair of Lasada to ask his players to shift into that within the last 10, 15 minutes of an away game when you're, you know, in the playoff push and you're, you're playing a team who's kind of also in that push position. I kind of, they very much are. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I don't understand why we just stopped playing with a forward. What was it? The 80th minute left like that we pulled Ola off. I know you have it right in front of you so you can correct 80, me. 82nd minute we pull Ola off for Felipe and Julian Gressel comes off for Chris Odiet. Yeah, so I don't I, Okay. I don't understand that sub separately, but just well we'll stick to this conversation. I don't understand why we're pulling a forward off and yeah, putting on a number 6 and I just I don't think bunkering is our best opportunity at that point. And kind of everyone we were watching the game with said at that moment, like, we're about to lose this game. This is not how you get a point away because DC United isn't that bunker team anymore. And that's not what we practice for. It's not how we watch this team play. It's not how this team got to this position in the table. And I think it was an unfair position for Lasada to put the players in. And I'd love to hear your opinion about it. And I'd love to hear anyone listening live to comment. I I think you can't have it both ways there. I I agree that DC United and I knew even before we left across the pond, which was where we watched their swamp tonight. Uh, So check them out any other night. Um, God bless Jen and (laughs) and all of them (laughs) doing hard work over there to serve up some great stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I thought about, I knew you were going to make this take, uh, <laughs> even at across the pond, uh, you can't have it both ways, right? We, you can't criticize the New York city loss. And I'm not saying that you individually did, but as a fan base, people were like, uh, we should have done more there. We should have yeah. been able to seal that game off. Uh, there were some chirps and maybe even jokingly for me that Ben Olsen would have seen that out. And I, I'll stand by that. I, I think Ben Olsen would have seen that out. But we don't want to play like Ben Olsen anymore. And, and this kind of gets to what you're saying. Lasada has lived and died, lived and or won and lost, you know, to, to be less dramatic, by this, this ideal. And so it was interesting to see him switch but, to the complete abandon of the attack. So I, think, so I think there's a difference between pushing for a goal when you don't need one and absorbing pressure in your final third. I think by keeping the forward on the field, you get to send balls up to him into the corners and he can just waste minutes up there, right? Even if he doesn't have the ball, he can waste minutes pressuring the goalie. He can pressure the defenders and then the rest of the team can push up a little bit. And then you have not as much pressure in your final third, versus taking the forward off and then when you win the ball you don't have any options you're just kicking it up and it's being shoved right back down your throat and I think that's what frustrated us last season right is we didn't have any outlets and I said that on the pod repeatedly once we get the ball we don't have any outlets and that's what lost us the game tonight I I hear you but I don't I don't think that's Lasada's fault everyone if you've seen if you've seen a DC United game this year you know that Ola Kamar hasn't gone past 85 minutes all year Uh, I would say he averages he's got the lowest goals per minute in the league partly because he was injured in the beginning of the season (laughs) but other the other reason is that he gets yanked every single game it's the strategy he's our only forward that can do what he does he's our only forward that can do what he does and i think lasada knows that and he tries to preserve them for preserve him for other guys i realize this game is in front of an international break yes exactly we have a little bit of time off after this one also put literally anyone else in forward put steven up there Uh, nigel roberto's on the field he's our best yes exactly he's our best he was he was out there he was not. He was not playing forward though. He's not the same striker that Ola is. He's it not a holdover. We in the brought last ten minutes. That's not what you need. Who, who are you playing out there then? 
Who are you putting Roberta, up? Roberta, fine, whatever. That's what I'm saying. Uh, it's not his game, though. Put, so he put might... Tony up there. Put Steve up there. Put uh, Moses uh, we, up there. Put literally anyone up there to just receive balls that you are sending right up forward. Obviously, like, I'm exaggerating, right? These aren't the players that I expect him to put in forward. But it wouldn't my, work. My point is that... When you take your forward off the field, and again, this this is what we were saying last season. This was our biggest gripe about last season and Olsen's Benny Ball was that it had gotten to the point where we weren't even trying to score anymore. And I understand that like in this position, we're maybe just trying to see the point out. But this isn't a team throughout the entire season who has figured out how to just see a point out and not get scored on when bunkering like that. And I think it's unfair in the moment away from home to just pull your complete game plan and say, just try not to get scored on, especially when Daryl DK, who, yeah, has not been lighting it up for MLS as much, but is still like a very prominent forward. You're bringing Chris Cash on, who's like amazing, right? Like Orlando's not a bad team. They're now right above us in the playoff position. Like, I think that was an unfair thing to ask of DC United, and I think it was setting them up to failure. I, I think he ran out of options. I think the roster set him up for failure. Abia was brought in to be the hold-up forward when Kamara was subbed out, basically. Abia was literally brought in for these last, last 15 minutes of the game. We've seen him used by that to great success. He's even scored in those last 15 minutes. But uh, it was clear. it's clear that Ola couldn't have continued. Uh, it's just... I. I, I so put Roberto out there. I, I, I you think mentioned it, right? If like, you, why if, not? If you push Ola and force him to play out the minutes and he gets hurt, we're screwed way worse than we are. No, so why not put Roberto out there? You you mentioned We, we did have Roberto. Roberto was out he there. He wasn't playing a forward, though. Like, you could Roberta, see our lineup. I don't, it wasn't, he Ro- wasn't playing a number. Roberto, I don't think Roberto is that lone striker hold-up player. the thing is, though, he doesn't need to be. He just needs to be able to, like, do you receive think, a long ball and think, or chase down an errant long ball. Do you think Lasada told him not? to hold up play i think lasada told no one to hold up play like you could see like our goal wasn't possession at that point our goal was just like cross our fingers and hope that no one puts a shot on goal no i i, I don't think it was that desperate I, I we saw some of that last year with benny i i don't think that was happening i think this was a, a personnel thing and, and i'm glad he didn't risk an ola injury because i i think that would be way more detrimental that's, that's to our season than than the three points I, I, and i don't think moses or anyone I said not named, that was an exaggeration. Not named uh, Connor Doyle <laughs> could go out there and do that that role. I just I just don't and I, I made this point at the last pod is I don't on our last pod is I don't think that we are in this system enough to understand how to switch that quickly. So when you have a team that's that's really working towards exactly one thing and then you switch it on their heads really quickly, especially in a way tonight that I would argue we've seen more than any other game this season, that it was a complete change in tactics. You're right, possibly the way that we wished we had seen in New York City, but we need kind of a middle ground in that, right? No, it doesn't no. have to be all or nothing. I, I'm sticking with the coach here. I think changing your game plan, uh, especially I mean, you're on the other side of the arguments that you were making in the first half of the season. Stick with the system, right? Live or die by the No, that's ball. what I'm saying right now. It was stupid to have changed the system completely. That's the exact argument but this I'm is making. Lasada, this was Lasada's decision. I, I think you got to trust him here. I, I think... No, I'm saying that not sticking with the system is what lost us this game. That's my argument right now, is that we should have kept someone in the number nine even if it wasn't our optimal number nine position move 
an exaggeration literally anyone there so when we no. absorb the pressure a little bit we can send it forward and even if we're not trying to score that goal to get the winner we are not absorbing pressure in the final third because that's not the way that this system works at all we let's, let's be clear only move the ball forward that that we only played like that for eight minutes of and that's oh, when we lost the game eight minutes of regulation time and then we didn't have any more options and so. that's when we lost the game okay though. that that's fine but we we lost the game when flores came on and did nothing we lost the game when reina pulls a hamstring with a very bad shot we lost the game when four other guys miss wide open nets that, that's why also if that. if lasada ball lasada ball is working our players are not up to snuff that's I, I, a different argument. Yeah, we. I, I, no, so I, I, I think, yeah, I, I think you're up to nothing or, or two, three, one, uh, there at the end, and then you can maybe sit out the last eight minutes. But the players keep getting these chances, and it's super frustrating. I, I know everyone else is seeing it, and I think everyone else is frustrated. These players are getting in good positions, and I don't know if they're practicing with like higher goals or something it's over the heavier balls? it's over it's over yeah. the crossbar every time and, and it's frustrating uh there there was even a chance nahar could have slid it in for a goal but he but he put it too far back it's tough and that's a very specific knock on nahar he was good tonight as he has been all season but yeah i i think i don't know yeah i'm, I'm not walking lasada put the team out in the position to win the last eight minutes, he I think he was dealt a bad hand, uh, and he comes away with a loss. But that that's not his fault, I don't think. I I mean I'd I'd love to touch on what you said is that like we shouldn't have been in this position in the first place had the players on the field been able to put the weight put away the game earlier, and that's kind of been a frustration throughout the season, I'd argue, and um in in the past several games we've forgotten that a little bit because we have been able to to score a few goals off PKs and, you know, put games away, but we still need to learn how to score off the run of play. And we haven't really been doing that. You know, we don't have someone who has that nose for goal and who can just, just put a goal away out of nothing as we saw DK do tonight, right? Like that, that's that player nah, for Orlando. The Orlando goals were two set pieces. They were garbage. They were, that was a, that was a classic. We had a ton of corners that we could have put away also though. Right? We have not been putting away corners. This that's season. my point though. Like we, we haven't been putting away the chances that we should be putting away all season. And I think as we get further, you know, into this playoff push and even into playoffs, I think that will be a more prominent issue. The fact that we are not putting away these chances in the run of play. I'm you not, just said it. You I'm just not. Said it. I'm not too worried about DC United scoring goals. I'm. I'm worried about our key players missing chances, uh, Wait, which is, is kind of different? the kind of the same. But but DC United find a way to score goals. I, I think. In closer games, the, the bigger players have not shown up. I think we can't always rely on those PK calls, though. Uh, we got to figure out how to do it otherwise. That's fine. Yeah, I, I think, what, DC United are second in the league in, in goals scored, uh, considerably far behind New England, but 49 goals is second highest in, in the entire league. We put balls in the back of the net, and, yeah, there's some there's some games where we, we bumped up those numbers a little bit, Toronto and uh, the recent one against Chicago and, and all that, but and Cincy. But, uh, yeah, it's tough. You're right. It's the, it's the goals that matter. Uh, they're they're not going in for us, and I think that's that's not going to fix itself this year. That's a quality thing. That's Lucy Russian going to the workshop, and I know, I know, I I have complete faith that that she and her team are out there just crushing it right now. 
uh, and bringing T.T. Rodriguez back to D.C. <laughs> uh, you would have been amazing in this system. Oh, man. Uh, I, I saw a picture up in the wharf. This has nothing to do with the game, but a picture up uh, at the wharf uh, of the guys cheering on the supporter section after a game. It's, it's like on the side of a building. Uh, but T.T. was in it and it made me a little bit sad. No. Um, because man, was special. But uh, but yeah, I, I think players like him, like he he scored what seven his goals under Ben Olsen. Involved. His family is still involved. I, I I saw his mom, and, and let's not start the rumor <laughs> mill. But <laughs> anyways, uh, I, I yeah, I think some some serious quality added to this team, and yeah, we don't have to worry about uh, defending that that nonsense or whatever. Uh, so let, let's let's hit on a few things. Uh, Listen, the, I. About this game, or are we moving on? Yeah, kind of a little bit of both. What, what do you got to say? I just, I think, need to sum, up, sum this game. Summarize, yeah. Summarize, yeah. I was trying to say summation, but that didn't work in my sentence. Um, that I, I think before going into this string of games, what we played three games in a week. Um, we played Cincinnati, we played Minnesota, and we played Orlando. And, like, those are, I think, all beatable teams in and of themselves. But when you're playing three of them in a week um, with kind of the, the injuries we have and kind of the back and forth and revolving door of our, our players, I think any team kind of would take six points out of nine, right? I mean, yeah. yeah before, before DK scored that goal, I was saying – we lost two points more than we earned one. Like what the heck? And then we ended up earning no points, which was super frustrating. So I think we lost the points tonight more than Orlando earned them. I think that they were ours for the taking based on kind of what we've talked about today. I think we did have our opportunities to really close this game out. Uh, We really just didn't take them, which is, is very frustrating. Um, it's not the end of the world. Um, as Chris Webb is, is mentioning in our chat right now, we need to remember this was the third game in eight days. Players are tired. The team needs to, you know, figure out how to turn these losses into draws, um, which is, I mean, can you argue with that? Like, it's no, frustrating. Uh, the and chances missed. Uh, yeah. Hernan yeah. talked about it a little bit in this presser. Yeah. So it, it's, it's kind of what we're talking about. We're frustrated. We'd rather see the point. We'd rather see all three points. Um, but it, it's definitely not the end of the world. Yeah, no, no. It's six points from three games, especially all in one week. That's two points per game. Uh, there's only one team in the whole league right now and that's above two points per game. And they're about we to set them soon. <laughs> we do play them soon. Um, but they're about to set a points record. And so that's that's a good week. And, and yeah, there's a lot of congestion this time, DC and I are going to get a little too. bit of a break, yeah. and then yeah, it's back to congested. And, and if we can get two points, two points per game from those, then we'll be sitting pretty. I, I tell you, because it's, yeah. it's 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 competitive out there. But uh, two points per game would would get us uh, back, definitely in the playoffs, and maybe even hosting one. Um, yeah, so kind of shifting, but not really the injuries, Sam. That they're tough tonight, oh, uh, Reina. Yeah. Reyna seemed to have earned some a little bit more trust than Flores had, uh, and he, he, given his little hot streak that that happened, where he was scoring goals almost every single game, it seemed. Do you think I, so? Because there were moments during the game when you and I looked at each other and we said, "I don't know if oh, the, the players I, trust Reyna." I'm not behind Reyna. Give me, <laughs> okay. I'll give you. <laughs> oh, that was trust a me. Uh, uh, he's missed some sitters, and I think. 
as much as much as much as people have talked about Kamara being, you know, you know, he's benefiting from the system. I think Reyna also, but without the little bit that Ola has put in, um, I, I, yeah, not a huge Reyna fan. Uh, he was he was on fire for a little bit, and I ate my words a little bit, but then he came back and proved me right, uh, which is, I, I didn't love to see. Uh, I don't love to see, but yeah, it, it's tough. Uh, it looks like it looked pretty bad, and he was able to continue to halftime, but subbed out at half. It, it was uh, we can't afford that. I don't think though. It was nice having the option between Flores and Reyna. It'll be interesting. Uh, without that, uh, Flores will be thrust into the lineup, I'm sure. And then people will have a discussion <laughs> about that. Uh, also, Paul, I, I, you don't love to see it. Uh, people, some very cynical people <laughs> made jokes about him getting injured before the national camp instead of during it for once. And it looked like they might have got that wish. From. But he, he came jogging off, running off. So maybe that was like half fatigue fat half oh my my hamstring twinged a little bit but i i really want the injuries to be done for paul yeah um luckily a little bit of a break here but this is the time of year not where for paul. yeah not for <laughs> paul well not uh, for a few of our players actually actually yeah with with, with Pulisic and reina out for this your or geo reina not yordi uh okay. for this us camp but we, we could see paul's number up on lights or yeah. in the starting 11 so i was also thinking like you know andy and i think um marina or i don't remember i don't have the list in front of me but we we have quite a maybe more we have quite a few players who have been called up um, yeah, yeah which is exciting for them but less exciting for us as we talk about this very congested playoff push yeah, but that there, there's also it, it's also an opera, awesome opportunity for these players to get some reps out there. For I, I, I've had to sit and wrestle with this one myself. Do you want your players to go, or do you want them to be safe you at home with your club? And sit and <laughs> no, learn the second triggers. You want, you and want your guys out, out there how to transition into the bunker if you need it. Look, Greg can teach them so much, but <laughs> okay, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a different conversation. I didn't even mean that, but. <laughs> But it's it's always good for players to go out there and play at a you know a higher level. I'd say for most of them, it's a higher level. Um, maybe not all of them, but go out there and play with some some players on the international level, get some confidence uh, and and all that. But yeah, it's, it's tough. Uh, doesn't none of them look too serious? So I'm feeling okay about that. Uh, I'm questioning the Ola thing, I and mean, we kind of hit on this before. Uh, he came off in the 82nd minute, so uh, a little bit more than my question here in the, in the show notes. Can Ola play more than 75? <laughs> it seems he can, but only seven. Just a few. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and what do you think about it? Do you agree that it's like saving him for late in the season? Are we worried about injuries with him? I, I mean, I don't know. And and Hernan is, has commented that on that in press conferences prior and kind of said that like we're only playing him for what we need him for. Um, and he said that they kind of it, it made it seem like they know him well enough to know when he's done being able to give his all and when he's maybe likelihood of scoring a goal has exponentially dropped. And that's kind of when they pull him um, as as we've already talked about, right, going into an international break and. Ola Kamara was not called up for any national team, so I don't know yeah, why it makes. Norway sense. have a pretty decent striker. <laughs> um. I don't know why it makes would make sense to pull him. Um, for the point I've made very clear, my belief is that at least have a striker up there to send the ball up to um, when we're not absorbing pressure as much. Um, I I would love to see him on. 
I don't know if there was possibly like an, an injury concern or something else maybe that we don't know about. If you're weighing not having him for the next seven games versus having him for those last 10 minutes on the field, obviously we'd rather have him for the next games, right? Like you mentioned, if he, he got some catastrophic injury during this yeah. game and we didn't have him for the stretch, that, that would be detrimental to DC United in our playoff push. Um, but barring something that the training staff knows that we don't, I don't see why he came off when he did. Yeah, I don't either. And I think it goes back to what you said. Like, uh, Ola is maybe maybe the coaching staff does know when he's at a decreased chance. Like, he, he's probably but, spent for the game. But we didn't have any other alternative. And I think and also Ola game, walking would have been better. Exactly. This game wasn't one that we were going for that goal. Sorry to, like, right. have cut no, you no, off. You're right. We weren't going for the three points. We were just going for the draw. So even if he has a a significantly decreased if you know his productivity is super down and he's not scoring at this point he's at least providing that forward outlet yeah and look i i we're being kind of critical of you know it's, it hurts to lose but i want to shout the, the the system and everything has been great this year and i yeah. know you've heard if you've listened to the show it you know <laughs> you know that we respect it arnon's done wonderful things with ola for ola ola's for done us. wonderful things still leading the gold boy race he needs to pick it back up so that he can, you know, ensure that he gets over 20 <laughs> and ensure, you know, he wins that golden boot because I, I know he wants it. Um, but, yeah, it was interesting. And I, and it, it is weird to see the team without him. I, I don't think they do well. And like you said, most of the time when we take him off, it's because we're spent. We don't really need to keep pushing. Uh, it'll be interesting down the stretch if, you know, we start actually needing these points and these goals and we're not already up because we're playing the top teams in the Eastern Conference. If yeah. if Olaz is a 90-minute person, then, uh, you know, and this has just been a thing to save him until the end of the season. We're yeah. at the end of the season now. I'll, yeah, I mean, I'll just finish with them. I'm surprised Jernan wasn't pushed in, in the post-game press conference a little bit more. We were sitting in an Uber this yeah, week yeah. to the Lasada um, part of it. Um, I, I was a little bit shocked. They, they did ask him about it, um, but I, I felt like it warranted maybe a couple more questions. Um, but, you know, I mean, maybe just everyone kind of recognized that, as, as we've said, right, three points out of nine games, like two points per game in this week, like that's pretty good. So I think we can, we can all like take a deep breath and just go into the international break and it'll be fine. Um, which kind of transitions us into like what this final playoff push looks like. Um, we do have a lot of home games. I know we're kind of going to outline it for you, but we did get a question, Joshua, that I wanted to pose to you um, was, does this final stretch of games tell the story for 2021? Yeah. I, I think if you look the way the East is, it, it's going to, it, we're either going to end up in third, potentially second or like ninth. Yeah. So, is on so, the table. Yeah. So just to, to pause you right there. Um, New England is first in the East and the whole freaking league. league. Yeah. 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 <laughs> at um, 65 points. They're not being caught. Um, Nashville, shockingly, is in second with 46 points. Um, possibly attainable. I'd say probably not like the realistic goal that you're pushing Needed to for. win tonight to really push them. Um, right. Yeah, exactly. But, but between third and seventh, which are your um, the remaining of your playoff positions in the East, is a three-point gap which yep. is crazy right like that that is so tight and even right before that right like so you have Orlando City is now in third with 42 points DC United in fourth with 40 points um, just above Montreal who also has 40 points and then t um, 
all with 39 points is New York City, Philadelphia, and Atlanta. And Atlanta is sitting in eighth outside the playoffs, but they are tied in points, right? It's just on goal differential. And then um, some not bad teams behind them. And, and then, Columbus, yeah, and then the reigning champs. New Jersey, Columbus are right behind them with 34 points, um, even Inner Miami with 32 points. Um, and then kind of below that, I don't, I don't, I don't know that Miami or excuse me, that Chicago, Toronto or Cincy are really catching anyone, but it's, it's all very tight. And these games coming into the stretch are all very important. Yeah, they are important. And that's a little bit of a cop out to say, oh yeah, it definitely matters where we finish. That's how we're going to look at the season. Which I, I think is partially true. I think that was the question. Partially I think they true. were saying it. I think that was the question of like, are we going to look at this entire season based off of how these last games play out? I think even if we finish ninth, which we just said is possible, which was what my prediction was at the beginning of the year, I, I, I think we walk away with uh, a feeling of growth. Uh, it was less miserable than last year when we finished 11th, just you know two places lower than the ninth that we could potentially finish in this year. But we've been exciting and fun. And even when we lose, it's fun. And the team looks good. And the players are progressing and developing. I think, yeah, if you're talking about was this year a success, I would say yes. Regardless of anything, we've shown that we can compete with the teams in the East. No one can compete with the Revs right now. But we were in games with Nashville and Columbus and beat Columbus and, and and teams like that, the teams that we thought and are top of the East, um, maybe not Columbus in the points right now, but they had injuries and, and, you know, CCL and all of these kind of champion things to go into. (laughs) Uh, But, but I I think beating them and and the, the wins that we've gotten along the way, we're back to 12 and 12, 500 record. Um, But I, I think, yeah, you can be happy with that regardless of where we finish. I think where we finish, will have a big impact on the fan base's view of this year, though. So I'd like to point out that we do have more wins than both Nashville and Orlando, who are two and three in front of us. Um, just, you know, for our pride. Yeah, because we don't close out draws. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> um, I, I really appreciate that logical side, Joshua, but you cannot tell me your heart won't be broken if we don't make playoffs this season. I mean, my my heart will love it when if when we, we get to playoffs. host a home playoff game. And, you know, our luck, Ooh. it'll be a way to some Canadian team and we Let's won't be go. able to go because okay. Canada yeah. <laughs> has closed the border again, probably rightfully so. Um, but, but yeah, I'll be a little hurt, but I, it won't be unexpected. This team, this roster is maybe not there yet. Remember, this is still the same team that finished 11th last year. It's the same roster, uh, bar... Andy Nahar and some depth pieces and Drew Skundrick and, and, and Alfaro who, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I, I think you can be happy with, with it regardless. And yeah, it'll hurt not to make the playoffs. Yeah. No, I appreciate these comments um, that are kind of saying that this, this year is a success regardless. Um, yeah. And it's kind of up to the, to the next year and the year after, um, you know, that that's two whole years, but it makes me sad to think about our time without Hernan Lasada. <laughs> Anyways. Continue progressing moving forward. Um, I, I think it will progress. Uh, uh, and we kind of mentioned it. You hit on it. You mentioned Inter-Miami. And, and if you think back like three weeks ago, they were the cast meow. They were on top of the world. If you listen to Extra Time Radio, the, the MLS soccer.com podcast or, or any of the podcasts or, uh, that, that feature the league, they thought Miami was on top of the world and running everything. And, and then, you know, Miami came back down to earth. They, they were, were playing points behind. Us. They were playing garbage teams. Yeah. And that's why they were winning. Uh, and DC United has, you know, not been a struggled against some of the top tier talent, but 
found themselves in third uh, on Wednesday, and it's it's been a theme the past few weeks as DC United has been on the rise, as Hernan Lozada has come in and changed it's, things. <laughs> DC United fans, especially on Twitter, even on Reddit, I, I've seen comments adding Andrew Weeby and, yeah. and Matt Doyle and a lot. Are DC United fans right to demand more attention? I don't know. I have a saved draft in my tweets that was like, um, I, I love the energy. You know, I love, there was a lot of, yes, specifically Andrew Weeby, right? Like extra time. Um, there's been a lot, a lot of adding those people. And I, I do agree um, that, you know, there were a lot of comments about um, specifically Ola Kamara when he overtook the golden boot. And um, a lot of the commentators were like, this came out of nowhere. And anyone who's been paying attention to DC United kind of was like, they <laughs> they haven't, that this did not come out of nowhere. Actually, Joshua just pointed to himself. If you're listening on the podcast forum, we're ignoring that. Um, it didn't come out of nowhere, right? Like we're a super exciting team. I absolutely think Lasada from turning around the DC United of last season to this season should at least be in the conversation for coach of the year. Apparently right? not, like, according apparently to. Apparently not. So to me, right, coach of the year is like who's the best coach, not necessarily which team is the best. Um, it's kind of what who's coaching the best with what you have, whatever. That's like a completely different conversation. Um, but yeah, I, I think that we we – do kind of have shouts for more attention within MLS. Um, but there, there was a lot of energy around, like there were, there were a lot of screenshots of where everyone had kind of placed us. Valid screenshots. Yes. If which, were... which was bet- kind of between like 10th and 12th, 13th, like realistically, I think there was maybe one in ninth. Um, my saved tweet to come, come back to that after that little um, rant was like, let's save the energy maybe right like there's a lot that can happen in this stretch of games and I am the most optimistic about DC United and our potential at the beginning of the season right they announced Erlan Lasada, and I said we're making playoffs and I think all of my co-hosts and probably most of the DC United fan base was like that's a, a little bit crazy maybe take any breath and I was like nope we're making playoffs and I still fully believe that we have that in the capacity of this team to make playoffs I just think if we're trying to rub people's faces in it and really prove people wrong, like maybe let's just wait to the end of the season and see how it, it rolls out and maybe save that energy and not jinx us. Yeah, I I, I think that's the reasonable take here. Uh, but I, I think the team does deserve more props than they've been given. Ola Kamara, like we've mentioned heavily, especially myself, <laughs> Ola Kamara has topped the Golden Boot race. Uh, and you can argue whether those penalties count uh, as, the, as much, but uh, you can't argue that they count on the MLSsoccer.com website because they do. Yep, he's, they do. He's, he's up there and doesn't no asterisk or anything. Uh, Julian Gressel is third in the league for assists. Uh, we have a bunch of homegrown players getting serious minutes. I, I think there's a lot of things uh, that maybe isn't getting covered, and that can be a lot of factors. I think uh, DC United failing out of the playoffs frequently or missing the playoffs in the past few years has to do with it. If you want hype around you, win a couple MLS cups. I think the Sounders look at, I mean, Columbus probably gets more coverage than us yeah. because they won a, a cup last year. You had yeah. to talk about them. They were the champions. Uh, DC United hasn't forced anyone to talk to, about them like that. Uh, I think they might be starting to now though. And, and I'm, I'm super excited for that. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I, I think you're probably right. I, I think we should vouch for our players. Yeah, get get in Andrew Weeby's ears about Ola Kamara <laughs> and Julian Gressel and Kevin Paredes and all of them. But I'll also say they live for that stuff, right? They love oh, you trying to tell them that they're wrong, and that's like that's that's what makes their day. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But yeah, yeah, I mean, do what you want. If if you want to blow up Andrew Weeby on Tibbet, well, I'm not encouraging that. I I like <laughs> Andrew. Uh, I think he does a great shop, job with that show. Maybe he could cover DC Nine a little bit more. But that's the Homer in me. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, feel what you want. But I, I I think it was okay to beat our chest a little bit this week. But you know, be be ready to be humbled as well. Yeah, I I think that was that was my point. Is like th- there is still a possibility of us being humbled, and I think this is a great segue. Um, into our final stretch of games which you can read out um, just again right before we do that you can look this up right if you're not an auditory person if you're more visual but it's it's New England and Nashville who are probably not being caught um, and then from third down is Orlando us DC United Montreal New York City Philadelphia that's Philadelphia is in seventh at the end of the playoff line um, and then it kind of goes Atlanta uh, New Jersey Red Bulls Columbus maybe Miami in 11th no. who can maybe sneak in, Just, no. you know, I don't think they're mathematically out yet. Uh, but then I'll turn it to, to Joshua to kind of talk about um, our, our last stretch of six games at this point. Yeah. As we mentioned that there's a international break, some, some world cup qualifying for, for the U S team. And I, I don't have a full list of all of our guys that are, are going away for that, but uh, they'll come back. Uh, they won't miss any time. I'm, I'm yep. pretty sure. They'll That's be, correct. They'll be back uh, uh, October 16th against Nashville at home, and then we also host the Revs on the 20th. Uh, so yeah, so yeah, two of the top teams One and two. Yep. that you listed. And I think NYCFC are the team below us now. We face them on the 23rd away. All these dates are, are pretty close together. If you yep. haven't heard, uh, then we face to end the season 27th home against uh, New Jersey, 30th against Columbus, and then the seventh away to the crying Michael Bradleys who will be eliminated <laughs> from everything except for the wooden spoon at that point. But Cincinnati might have their hand on that already. Um, oh, so yeah, the, it's going to be a tough stretch. I, I think that last one will be a gimme. We might be able to rest the guys. Hopefully if we secure the playoff we place. We thought that against Cincinnati a couple years ago. And yeah, that was happened, a so. coaching decision to not go for that game. But uh, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, that's I mean, that's why you watch MLS, right? It's it's always tight. Um, no one ever. I mean, New England's kind of running with it a little bit, but it's it's all there. Right. It's all about the narrative, as our friends on Extra Time would say. Right. It's it's all kind of up in the air and it'll it'll be a very interesting stretch. But I definitely think it's within D.C. United's grasps, like of all the teams we're facing right now, we're above them sitting in fourth. And I think that that's a, a great spot to be in. And granted we are playing new England and Nashville who are above us and those will be difficult. But I think if we can just kind of get, get at least some results, get some points, I, th- I think it'll, it'll be very interesting. And I don't think it's out of the question that we sneak into those playoffs. No, I, no, I, I, I think we're, we're in it now. So should we should uh, default to us making it and then be really sad if they don't. But uh, I think hoping that's the first time you've officially said you expect playoffs. No, I did not say that. I say we're in it now, so we should act. We should act. expect it. We should act as if we are going to make the playoffs. We should expect playoffs. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. It's a tough road, <laughs> stretch down the road. Uh, before we you know, leave the show tonight and, and leave to the future, I, I want to hit up on, on a man that matched. Uh, Sam, oh. uh, you might have just deleted this whole section from our show notes. <laughs> It's kind of a tough one to do because, yeah, it, it was a, a, slip on my it was a, scra- a scrappy match uh, outside of some great pieces. Of, I, I thought the first 20 minutes, DC United looked great. And then, you know, the set piece was not great. But, yeah, there wasn't anything awe-inspiring or, or anything from this match. And um, we used to say that every game. Now we only say it sometimes, <laughs> uh, which feels good. Uh, I'll go ahead and go first. I, I'll give it to Julian Gressel because, yeah, no one was spectacular 
that shot from Gressel was though. And man, it hurts that we didn't capitalize on yeah. that. Uh, uh, normally, you know, uh, an early goal, you can kind of, but it's Can't not in the score most, too early. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. An early goal. We should have been done better. It was an absolute rocket though. And the little play to it. And, and Julian's been doing great stuff for the team. I, I think I'd, I'd have to go back and listen, but he might've gotten every single man in match for me this week. Um, He's played some terrific soccer, and, and we need him to continue down the stretch. Uh, I don't really have any honorable mentions. I, I wasn't blown away by anyone. Yeah. Um, but I'll, I'll pass it to you, Sam. I'm actually going to default from what I put in the notes and say I guess Russell Canals played pretty well. He, he, he had a he decent game. scrappy up in the middle, yeah. Yeah, who I had in my notes was Bill Hamid, who also played really well, and I don't think you can really fault him for either of the two goals I mean maybe on that first one he should have held on to it but I thought it was a great save to begin with and um someone should have been following that man right and not letting him um actually in the bar I kind of yelled he's offside and the, the people next to us kind of snickered to themselves like no he's not does this chick know soccer and I was like listen I'm just trying to be above board right I'm not yeah. I'm not trying to get scored on he was clearly onside um it, it was just like it was, I mean it was a really good run and you can maybe blame the defense and again maybe Bill can hang on to that but I, I, I just thought it was a really great save and it'd kind of be unfair to even ask that of him I think he did make some pretty good saves tonight so I guess I guess I'll say Russell because it's hard to say a goalie when you lose but Bill did have like a, a pretty decent night tonight I thought no I, I think the Russell shot is a good one he's uh he can be the the heartbeat of this team sometimes with his defending and uh, of recently his passing he's he's done good at moving the ball forward as a part of this two-man midfield uh yeah that's that's all i have uh for, for man of the match I, I did not see dc united awarding one i don't think they do for away games oh uh, really that's a bummer it's a, a pattern i've seen i didn't look specifically but prior to tonight i that's a pattern i have noticed while looking is that they they, they typically reserve that for their home games anything else on this game before we move on on this game i don't think so Okay. Um, well, elsewhere, the NWSL is on fire. Um, guys, uh, I don't know what we're going to do with that. Uh, trust the players. Support the players however you can, you know, whether this is a Twitter like or I don't know. Uh, there are there. I mean, there are places to donate. Um, yeah. Follow the Spirit Squ- Squadron because they um, have been putting out a lot of resources on places to donate to support the players. <laughs> I mean, it's rough. Like these are, these are really serious things. Um, and I just want to address, I think that there are a lot of, um, not, not a lot actually. Um, but perhaps that's just kind of the sphere I, I live in, in Twitter. But, um, I have seen, seen some shouts about whether or not the league will fold and whether or not it should given these allegations. Um, and I would just, personally, I don't think that's a fair thing to say, right? Like if, if, if you're looking at people who are being victimized and I I think that there is a lot of acknowledgement that this is um, a a pretty league wide thing that's happening, right? Like you have your key, um, you have your key people who are um, your abusers right now, I would say that um, are being brought to light. But I think throughout the league, you know, the players are talking to each other and it's kind of noticed that even, even if it's not to the extreme of, you know, sexual coercion and, um, things of that nature that there is still a lot of probably um, like emotional and verbal abuse that's happening on probably a lot of the teams in the league and I, I think that that's an issue of the league but to say that then these women and you know the staff members who are 
amazing people who are working to keep the league going to say that these women don't deserve to play soccer in this country because of what these other offenders are doing I think is a take that I would want people to pause and maybe think about the message that you're sending with that one yeah I I don't think anyone is hoping for that I I think obviously we all want these athletes to be able to put their their abilities on display and then and if I didn't you know I, I would be sad to see that they go I I just think man that organization is in a lot of trouble. it's a lot yeah and, and, I, and it's it's ver- verging on the point where they need to be replaced by something USL is coming out with a women's league uh, but I don't want to see people lose their jobs either uh, especially because people did terrible things uh, yeah I mean we joked about the women's league last pod right and that was bef- before um, Megan Linehan's like amazing reporting came out and a lot a lot has happened since then um, I would say like you know, two two top women in the league have been fired, but there are a lot of male owners, right, who fired them, who are are kind of the ones to blame, right, and kind of the ones to to have been letting these things go on, and who who have definitely known about this. Um, you know, there have been um, a couple coaches fired, but again, not necess- not even I think close, probably to the majority of people who have been offenders of the things that we're seeing. Um, so I would just encourage everyone. I mean, it's. <laughs> It's so hard, right? It's it's so heartbreaking to read. Um, it's it's so draining, um, but it's I'd say even more so to live through, right? So like while keeping in mind that like y- your mental health is important, um, and you should definitely just be taking on what you can. Um, I would encourage everyone to kind of stay informed about this and to just kind of keep speaking out and keep holding these people accountable because again, like women in this league deserve to play soccer and they deserve to be paid for that and we as a country just deserve a women's soccer league because it can be super fun to watch and it can be um just an amazing outlet and I super enjoy it but you know knowing that these things are happening in the background is is just heartbreaking so I think that we can all just continue to hold people accountable um and to not let this pass under the radar and to to figure out a positive way to move forward yeah, I completely agree. And, and you know, Steve Alvin should still sell the team. And, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Shouts, shouts to Doug for you know starting that one. That that that's not um, yeah, something that has been forgotten. Yeah, we don't can't let it. Um, I, I think that was well put, Sam. We're gonna move on, but but still thinking about NWSL, you know, throughout this week and as as the players keep fighting for what they deserve. But elsewhere, Loud and United are terrible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> They, they m- moved to 3-3 and 18 on, on the season. Uh, they were up against the Red Bulls, uh, too, I saw, and they somehow let them come back. Ended that game 3-3. They actually play tomorrow, I believe. Um, so, so stay tuned to that <laughs> if you want to see a soccer game. Um, they play the Charlotte Independents tomorrow at 7. Uh, look, I, I trash them. I regularly trash them. If you listen to the show for a, a, a decent amount of time, you'll know that I – don't like their existence uh but uh, I, i've heard some some good things i've heard whispers of kudu petro doing really well out there and some players getting some some decent minutes and showing some smarts so uh if you're a diehard dc united fan and, and and one or you know three games a week it does not get your fix uh you can look there for some more dc united adjacent content listen kevin came from there donovan played for Loudon, right like it's it's definitely a, a team to pay attention to 
Yeah, that the I mean, both of those players were signed by DC United and then sent there. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> the Loudoun United, it's a place where some DC there United are some players. Play, right, Green, Jacob Green's down there right now. I want to say there's a forward um, whose name I Boulevard forgetting. Johnny, Boulevard, thank uh, you, Giovanni, yeah. Giovanni, yeah. Um, is down there. Yeah, but yeah, the, they're not getting to that. But they might tomorrow at 7. We'll see. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Sam, do you have anything else for this episode before we call it a night? Just to, t- to tie a bow on the NWSL thing, because we started off with like what's happening around the district, is that this weekend those games were suspended. Yeah. Uh, off all of the allegations that have happened, the reporting right now is that the... Re- um, I think that it's unclear whether when those games will be made up. The, the f- upcoming games are not affected as of right now. Uh, but again, keep an eye on it. But just just to wrap a bow on it, that um, the Spirit was supposed to play yesterday. Obviously, there were a bunch of N- uh, NWSL games that were supposed to happen this weekend, but those were all postponed. Yeah, I, I would not make plans for any NWSL yeah. games <laughs> if you're listening to this. I, maybe your first hint was us talking about the absolution of the t- of the league, but no. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, a tough night for DC United, giving one away to to Daryl DK and the set piece crew down there in Orlando. Uh, shouts to John who made the trip. If you're a listener or whatever, and you saw a dorky guy <laughs> in a red shirt tonight, that was probably John. I, I hope you made him pay for your beer, uh, <laughs> uh, and that you are part of the well over exaggerated 18,000 in the stands tonight. <laughs> yes. Um, I didn't even know that was the number. That's absurd. Did yeah, that yeah. count? I don't uh, know, the players and their families uh, at home. Like yeah. I can't even get to that number in yeah, my mind. It's absurd, but uh, it's, oh, it's always fun to tease a team about attendance, especially right after a loss. It oh, makes yeah. you feel better. You know, yeah. Just bolster <laughs> our self confidence. But all right, guys, uh, thanks so much for joining us for this show. It, it was a lot of fun to talk to you guys. Uh, breakdown uh, was kind of a frustrating one. Uh, we've had fewer and further between uh, of, of these games. So, you know, we got to stick together when they still happen. Yep. Uh, we're all super pumped for the end of the season, as we highlighted multiple times tonight. Very tight playoff race. Um, but until next time, I'm Joshua. This has been Sam. Thanks for listening to Tried and True, the DC United post-game podcast presented by Heineken.